Today on Blue 58, enough offseason, let's have a real season. The Packers are set to travel to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. Wait, no. The Packers are set to travel to Jacksonville to take on Jameis Winston and the Saints. No, none of that sounds right. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. We've made it. The offseason is over. By any stretch of the definition of offseason, we're done. We are to the regular season, and it is time to do a preview. The last time I recorded a preview podcast was January 21st, 2021, 231 days ago, give or take, depending on exactly when you listen to this, depending on, I guess, when how you count the days. It's been a while, is the point. But now the slate is clean, and the Packers are ready to begin another campaign. What's fun to remember, or maybe a little distressing to remember, I guess, is how quickly this is all going to go. A little over 20 weeks from now, give or take less than six months, this is all going to be over. And then we'll be getting ready to do it all again just a few months later. And right now, we're about to get started. As a general rule, something that I like in sports is weirdness. Weird uniforms, weird quirks in player stories, weird outcomes, weird plays. You name it. It's like that line for me from The Dark Knight. You know, basically the Joker says, when everything goes according to plan, nobody bats an eye. One inch a little thing goes wrong, a little bit unexpected. Everybody loses their minds. When people are losing their minds, that's when I'm having fun. When things are a little bit out of the ordinary, I have a lot of fun. And that made last year a lot of fun for me. And as you might guess, jokes though I may have made in the intro here, This game, for me personally, is a lot of fun. It ticks a lot of boxes for me. The location, Jacksonville, playing the Saints, that's pretty weird. The 10-year anniversary from that wild romp in week one of the 2011 season. If this year ends up being as fun as that one, I'm pretty excited. If this game is half as fun as that one was, I'm just as excited. This is also the first game of a 17-game season. 17-game season, we've never done that before. That's going to feel weird for a while. Sign me up. Jameis Winston is involved in this game. Need I say more? No, not really, but I'm about to in a, in a little bit. This is a kind of a weird game. And my point is, weird is fun. And if you're going to start off a season any which way, let's get weird. And this is a little weird. So let's enjoy the fun weirdness of it. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Longtime listeners will know that previews are not my favorite thing to do. There is so much information out there. What of it is important? Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we do previews here at Blue 58. We're going to talk about the Saints a little bit in general. Then we're going to talk about the Saints offense versus the Packers defense. We'll focus on their quarterback. We'll focus on where the Saints are strong and where they are vulnerable. Then we'll do the Packers offense against the Saints defense. Where are the Saints strong on defense? Where are they vulnerable? Who should we know about? We'll also talk about who we should know about on the offensive side of the ball as well. Then we'll talk about last time the Packers and Saints played, why I think the Packers are going to win or lose. Then we'll take a second and uh, talk about some of your opinions as well, because it is Packers poll season. So the Saints. The Saints are a team in transition, and transition to me is inherently interesting. Lots of things can happen. People are vulnerable. Teams are vulnerable. And there are a lot of unknowns. What are the Saints going to be like for A long, long time now. You could set your watch by what the Saints were going to be. They were going to pass like crazy. They were going to be 
generally pretty efficient. Drew Brees was going to be razor sharp on offense. He might turn the ball over a little bit now and then, but most of that was just because of how much they were throwing the ball. Then they'd sprinkle in guys like Alvin Kamara, and they transitioned more to Alvin Kamara over the past couple of years as Drew Brees' arm strength sort of waned. But generally, you knew what you were going to get from the, the New Orleans Saints. But what is their identity now? There's no more Drew Brees. They didn't go with Taysom Hill. They went with Jameis Winston. How good of a coach is Sean Payton anyway? We'll find out. What do you make of Jameis Winston? We'll get to him in a second. Last year, the Saints were 12-4 and in the regular season. They lost to the Buccaneers in the divisional round, despite Tom Brady going a brilliant 18-33 of for 199 yards and two touchdowns. Just a real, you know, one more legendary performance there from Tom Brady, just putting his team on his back, as always, carrying them. You can really see, by the way, he nearly broke 200 yards against a defense that was lacking many of its good players. Just uh, one of the the all-time greats there, and you can really see why he, along with that three-interception performance against the Packers, earned uh, the moniker of the GOAT just one more time all over again. Uh, last year, in one-score games, the Saints were 5-3 and three last year, and that's pretty solid. We look at one-score games, games decided by seven points or less as a sign that a team is really over or underachieving. If you're doing really well in one-score games, chances are you're not quite as good as your record indicates. You're more lucky than good. You know, it's it's hard to win a lot of those one-score games, that's for sure, but that could make you a prime regression candidate. One game, or five and three, is not all that out of the ordinary. That also includes a loss to the Packers in there last year. So they were pretty solid. And looking at their expected win-loss record, you see about the same thing. Uh, there's this stat called the Pythagorean win theorem. You don't really know, need to know all the details of it, but it basically looks at point differential versus the amount of games that you played. And it gives you a pretty ballpark figure of how many games you should be winning. The Saints expected win-loss record last year was 11-2 and two and 4.8, or 11.2 and 4.8. So basically 11-5. and five. So they slightly overachieved last year. But this is a different team than last year. Drew Brees has retired. Jared Cook, their solid tight end, has moved on. He's with the Chargers now. Janoris Jenkins, their great corner, has moved on to the Titans. Emmanuel Sanders, solid, dependable wide receiver, has moved on to the Bills. And they haven't done a lot to replace those guys. This week they traded for cornerback Bradley Roby, but he's not going to play this week. He's suspended. They added some interesting prospects in the NFL draft. Peyton Turner, the edge out of Houston. Fred Warner, the linebacker out of Ohio State. Paulson Adebo out of Stanford. All guys we talked about as being potential Packers fits, given their athleticism, uh, their production in college. Adebo in particular was interesting. I don't know if anybody feels good about him, at least in New Orleans, about him going against Aaron Rodgers in week one, though. That and other concerns in the secondary are going to be problems for the Saints this week. Let's talk about the Saints offense taking on the Packers defense, starting with the quarterback. Jameis Winston in his seventh year out of Florida State. Big dude, 6'4", 231, former first overall pick. I don't know if I want to say I love Jameis Winston, but I am extremely amused by Jameis Winston. There are few guys in the NFL as aggressively weird as Jameis Winston is. I was going to pull the audio for you, but it's really hard to hear. Google E to W. Just do it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to have a good time. If you do know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is the worst pump-up speech in the history of pump-up speeches. And it's just because Jameis Winston cannot read a room any better than he can read a defense. 
He's a weird dude. Watch his off-season workouts. And yet, for all this weirdness, I cannot look away. That's why I started talking this podcast about weirdness. Weirdness for me is inherently fascinating. And it's hard to not be fascinated by Jameis Winston. As a player, though, well, if he was a basketball player, you'd say he's a chucker. Uh, Just a guy who's going to go out there and shoot. He has never met a shot or a pass that he didn't like. And there's a few that he might like to have back, but you never really know. A guy like James Winston might just say, sometimes it doesn't work out. For a little context, though, in 72 games with the Buccaneers, the team that drafted him, he threw 88 picks, including 30 in his last year as a starter. Was the team just bad around him? Not really. His last year in New, uh, not in New Orleans, in Tampa Bay, he had basically the same offense that Tom Brady did. He had Mike Evans, he had Chris Godwin, he had Brashad Perryman, who has moved on, but uh, that was another solid receiver. He had tight end O.J. Howard. Offensive line wasn't quite what it was when Brady was there, but he had plenty of weapons. When it comes down to Jameis Winston, or really any opposing starting quarterback, the question I have to ask myself is, am I concerned about this player? Even knowing very little about the Packers' defense under Joe Barry, I have to say right now, no, I am not really concerned about Jameis Winston. He's got no Mike Thomas to work with this week, so the cupboard is pretty bare. Just look at the Saints wide receiver depth chart. Boy, it is rough. And I like the Packers' chances of getting some turnovers against Jameis Winston. So where then are the Saints strong on offense? I think it really comes down to one guy, Alvin Kamara. He led the Saints in both rushing and receiving last year. Packers fans from when they played last year know all too well what he can do, especially if you just do something radical like decide to say, oh, I don't know, just not tackle him at all. This was one of the perfect examples last year of of a persistent problem with Mike Pettin that I referred to as being surprised by the obvious. The Saints were in rough shape last year, early on in the season. Mike Thomas was hurt again. Drew Brees looked really old. We knew the Saints weren't going to try to go deep downfield a whole lot. They were going to try to funnel the ball to Alvin Kamara. And what did they do? They funneled the ball to Alvin Kamara, and he basically kept the Saints in that game all by himself. Checkdowns, running the ball, screen passes, you name it, the Packers looked completely surprised by it. Let's see if Joe Barry is surprised by the obvious. Flipping it around, where are the Saints vulnerable? I have to say it's Jameis Winston, probably. To, not to put too fine a point on it by just saying that Winston is bad and they're the, therefore the Saints are going to be in trouble. It may be that simple, but I'm not prepared to say it's that simple. Let's put it this way. There's uncertainty at quarterback for the Saints. And if you were going to attack this team, wouldn't you start there? I would. If there's no Mike Thomas on the outside, if we don't really know what the Saints offense is going to look like without Drew Brees, I would start by going after the guy that we know is just going to huck it up there and see what happens. Get after him, put some pressure on him, and good things are probably going to happen for you. Who should we know about on offense? Well, we've already talked about Alvin Kamara, but I'll give you two more running backs to look at. First, Tony Jones Jr. He's 5'11", 224 pounds out of Notre Dame in his second year. He only had three carries last year, but New Orleans cut Latavius Murray this week in part because of how much they like Tony Jones Jr. Now, he's not the most athletic guy. He's technically not even an average athlete by relative athletic score, but they seem to like what he does in their offense a lot, uh, and it would be good at least to be aware of him. Second guy you should be aware of is Dwayne Washington. 
if there was a guy who would fit in with what the Packers like from their running backs, it might be him. We talk about the Christian Michael Memorial third-string action star running back position a lot on this podcast. Dwayne Washington is that guy. 6'1", 223, 982 relative athletic score, including a 448 in the 40. That's cooking at 223 pounds. Not too bad. Been pretty lightly used through five NFL seasons so far, but somebody's got to get touches beyond Kamara, and I would uh, keep the guy who's an elite athlete in the back of my mind if I'm going to be watching out for guys on Sunday. What about the Packers' offense against the Saints' defense? Starting with where the Saints are strong, last year they were a very strong defense overall. Second overall by DVOA last year, third against the pass, second against the run. They're dealing with some injuries up front, but I wouldn't expect them to run on just run on them just as a matter of course. This may be a situation where if the Packers want to run the ball, they've got a pass to set up the run. Get the defense moved back into, you know, a too high look, multiple safeties back, and then run underneath. Take what's there. And if the Saints are going to let you run the ball, run it on them. Where then are the Saints vulnerable? Okay, this is probably going to be the story in this game. Cornerback is a real problem for the Saints right now. Malcolm Jenkins is really good as their top corner. Their current number two guy is Ken Crawley. He was active for six games last year and planned a gr- played a grand total of 11 snaps on defense. All right, so they're a little bit vulnerable. Oh, it gets worse. Both Jenkins and Crawley are injured. Crawley was a DNP in practice today, Thursday, which is generally a bad sign for Sunday's game. Jenkins was limited after not previously appearing on the injury report this week. I would expect that even if Jenkins does play, there are going to be some plays to be made against the secondary. And if Desmond Trufant, who's like a thousand years old now, is out there, I would expect that the Packers will be looking in his direction. Who should we know about on the Saints defense? How about Christian Ringo? There's a name for you. Packers' sixth-round pick in 2015 has since, after a couple of seasons with the Packers, played for the Lions, Bengals, and Cowboys. He is now listed as a starter for the Saints. Is he going to make a big impact for the Saints? I guess probably not, but uh, fun to be aware of a former Packer just in that you know, brief instance. What happened the last time the Packers and Saints played? That was all the way back on week three of 2020. Hasn't even been a year yet. Packers won 37-30 in a pretty hotly contested game. Well-contested game by both sides. A clean game, if I remember well. Not really affected all that much by penalties. Alan Lazard basically had the game of his life. Six catches, 146 yards, and a score. Kingsley Kiki had two sacks. And the game turned on a forced fumble by Zedarius Smith on a key third down when Sean Payton decided to do his fun, hey, look, Taysom Hill is a quarterback thing. And Taysom Hill promptly fumbled. Maybe he's a good quarterback. I guess he doesn't have much ball security as a running back. So what's going to happen in this one? Are the Packers going to win? Are the Packers going to lose? There's a saying that goes around in sports. It's not who you play, but when you play them. I think no matter when the Packers played the Saints this year, I think they would be pretty clearly the better team. But right now, they're clearly, clearly the better team. I'm a big believer in things related to the life cycles of a team. And I was thinking back to that uh, today as I thought about the 2018 season. That season kicked off with the Packers hosting the Chicago Bears. And the Bears were a team on the rise. 
They had just traded for Khalil Mack. Their defense looked really solid. And in our preview podcast, I talked about whether or not the Bears had closed the gap with the Packers. And I thought, no, not just yet. And as it turned out, we were right for that game at least because the Packers had a nice comeback win. But that year, the Bears ended up being the better team. They were rising in their life cycle as a team as the Packers were in the process of of fading a little bit. The Saints are currently fading, I think, and the Packers, as we've said multiple times now over the past few months, are as close to all-in as we've ever seen them. The Packers should have the Saints pretty wildly outgunned here. Sure, there are some unknowns for the Packers, the defense being a big one. But I think the Packers are just very well equipped to stop what the Saints want to do on offense, especially since the Saints are pretty shorthanded there. So give me the Packers by 10, 30 to 20 over the Saints in Jacksonville on Sunday. What about you guys? What do you think? Well, weekly Twitter polls are back, baby. We do this every Wednesday um, ahead of game days. Uh, throughout the regular season. So if you want to participate, follow the Power Sweep at the Power Sweep on Twitter. It's a good time. And it's a good chance to get a grasp on what people are thinking. People are feeling good about the Packers right now. They have an overall 88% approval rating. Not too shabby. That's higher than where they started last year. 97.6% of our voters think the Packers are going to win this week. That's as close to a slam dunk as we typically get. Any higher than that, you're really edging into trap game sort of territory. We're right on the edge of that there, but I feel pretty good about this one. So that's the win-loss stuff. Where do we we stand with the rest of the key figures in the Packers organization? We ask questions every week about Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Barry, and Murray Straton. From last year's standbys, we've got three guys. Brian Gutekunst finished last season with an approval rating of 77.3%. In his debut poll this year, he's got a 77.2% approval rating. Not too shabby. Didn't lose much ground over the offseason. Matt LaFleur is doing even better. He finished last season, even after a controversial decision in the NFC Championship game, with an approval rating of 95.5%. But to open this year, he's at 98.3%. What about Aaron Rodgers? He was the highest of all three of the principal figures last year, finishing the season with an approval rating of 98.4%. Ah, but it was an interesting offseason, wasn't it? What is Aaron Rodgers sitting at to start this year? 89.5%. Voters have cooled a little bit on Aaron Rodgers, but they're still feeling pretty good. What about our two newcomers? Feeling good about what the voters are doing here. Joe Barry debuting with an approval rating of just 1.9%. But voters get three options, approve, disapprove, or neutral. And just because Joe Barry has an approval rating of only 1.9% doesn't mean people are are down on Barry. No, it does not. 96.2% of voters said they had a neutral opinion of Joe Barry right now. Good job, voters. Wait and see. What about Maurice Drayton, though? He debuts with an approval rating of 3.7%. Not too bad but his disapproval rating is all the way up to 16.7% already. Interesting. People already forming a negative opinion of the Packers special teams, despite the fact that they were playing with all guys who are essentially no longer on the team 
in the preseason when their special teams didn't look all that great. Still, I see where they're coming from. If you're still concerned about the special teams, I really don't blame you. So there we have it. I'm predicting the Packers win, and so are you. Now all we got to do is wait for game day. I want to leave you with one last thought. It occurred to me this week that we are entering the back half of our first decade of covering the Packers on the power sweep. Put that differently, we've completed five full seasons of coverage, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, of the Packers here at the power sweep and on Blue 58. And we are now into the sixth season. And I just want to take a second and thank you for helping me do this. I think that even if nobody listened, if nobody clicked on the things that I wrote, I would still do stuff about the Packers in some way, shape, or form. I don't think I can just be a fan of the Packers. Part of the reason that I started doing this was because I I couldn't do that. Dating back all the way to the time I was a kid, I would keep notes on Packers games. It was just a thing that I did. I can't just sit there and watch a game. So even if nobody read or listened or did anything, I would probably do something about the Packers. But your support, whether it's on Patreon or just by clicking on these links, downloading these podcasts, sharing it with your friends, your support makes this possible. So thank you. Thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting. It's been a lot of fun. And I look forward to talking Packers with you this season in whatever shape that takes. So I've got for you in this episode. I appreciate you listening in. I'd appreciate it even more if you enjoyed the show. You would share it with somebody you think would enjoy it too. It's going to help more people discover it, and it's going to get more people involved in this conversation we're having around the Packers, which is great because that's going to help all of us become smarter Packers fans, me included, and I can use it a lot. As I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we're all trying to be. This year, as much as any in the past. I've been your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.